0: You're listening to a Natural Products Insider podcast now on Google Play. With Steve Myers, Senior Editor. Brought to you by Supply Side West, October 15th through the 19th in Las Vegas. Hi, this is Steve, and welcome to the Supply Side West edition of the Healthy Insider Podcast. With me today is Dr. Kevin Turner. He's the R&D Innovation Project Manager with Carberry Group. Hello and welcome, and thank you, Dr. Turner, for joining us.
1: Thanks, Steve. Thanks for having me.
0: Now, Dr. Turner is one of several expert speakers that we have lined up for our Finding New Pathways in Sports Nutrition Summit. It's a full-day summit on uh, Wednesday, October 16th, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. at Supply Side West in Vegas. And there, he will get really into depth about fermentation and fermented ingredients, their role in uh, gut health and performance. But here today, I thought we would just kind of give a little taste and, um, and, and give people a little introduction and a little look at uh, fermentation, fermented ingredients, and their potential role in active consumers and athletes and their nutrition. Of course, uh, fermented ingredients have been around for a while, fermented foods and beverages, things like beer, vinegar, sauerkraut, yogurt, or some of the ones that most people would know. And more recently, kombucha has been pretty popular. Um, So we know they've been around for a long time. But I was thinking maybe that you could kind of start us off with sort of a basic introduction, what is fermentation, and why is this done to foods and beverages? Why has it been done and still being done?
1: Yeah, absolutely, I think it's, uh, it, it's very much something that's um, back in vogue again. As you said, fermentation really has been around for millennia, really. It's being used in a variety of different cultures and different products, uh, prim- primarily initially as a preservation uh, tool, but really now being exploited in a variety of different ways to look at things like flavor development, um, nutritional development. Um, So fermentation as a science really started um, back in the 18th and 19th century um, in terms of a characterization. So the likes of Louis Pasteur would have been uh, some of the more famous initial fermentation scientists. And it's really um, started looking at a variety of different microbes and their ability to metabolize Primarily sugars, but then other biomolecules as well, um, to develop, I suppose, value-added or potential um, ingredients or products that were um, attractive to the consumer or, or offered a specific nutritional value. So um, initially, things like yeast would have been core to the the early stage research that was being done, but that really has expanded and really looking at a variety of different microbes today we are looking at your bacteria your fungi um, and looking at yeast uh, still but also looking at various fermentation types whether that's an alkaline fermentation an acid fermentation or uh, a fungal fermentation as well so uh, I suppose as you said there's a variety of different products um, currently available and again it varies from culture to culture and geography to geography you've things like sauerkraut as you mentioned things like kimchi Um, for example in Korea, um, and also um, kombucha, as you said, and kefir are are really, really popular these days and have really um, become part of the
0: mainstream conversation around fermentation. And so I've seen um, on sports nutrition say supplements and even maybe foods and beverages, I've seen the word fermented um, associated with ingredients on the labels, and I'm sure uh, all the consumers are seeing it as well. I, I feel like I've seen a lot with amino acids, but where, where what is the potential for fermentation in in this market? What t- kind of ingredients are we looking at? Is it just is it amino acids? Is it, is it protein altogether? Where, where, what's the potential?
1: I think there's been an awful lot of different launches that we we've seen across the industry at present. Um, again, as you've said, within the performance nutrition space and the general consumer space, you're seeing a lot of focus on the amino acid side of things. Well, also you're looking at um, your probiotic slash prebiotic position products um, and looking at a variety of different delivery systems for those. Um, You're looking at, um, you know, the examples would be like some moles in Italy, where you're looking at the amino-based probiotic-type fermentates. You're like types of your iron vegan-based product um, in Canada, for example, so that's a glutamine-based fermentate uh, type product. Um, You're also looking at... uh, the likes of your um, STC Nutrition, for example, in France, they've got a vegan product again that's made from vegetable-type protein, uh, where they're looking at fermentation as a means to bring out the the natural um, benefits of things like fibres or lactic fermentates or digestive enzymes. So, I suppose there's a variety of different um, product lines. Um, if, for example, our own Beefy Pro product line um, uh, is something we've developed where we're looking at the high protein. Um, whey, uh, whey protein isolate which is fermented, which again kind of has the dual um, effect where you're getting a high protein source, quality protein, and also having the prebiotic effect of the fermentation itself.
0: So for that product um, you're using what kind of microbe um for fermentation? Yeah. Is it a probe?
1: You- yeah, for us we're using a kefir based culture um, for the uh, Biffy Pro whey, whey protein isolate. But again, across the different launches, you see a lot of different um, fermentation types, whether that's uh, lactobacillus type um, fermentates or bifidobacteria. Again, it varies from um, geography to geography and and product to product. But again, I think it's it's focusing on some key trends and key areas, particularly around the gut microbiome and gut health, Uh, again, which seem to be at the core of where you're seeing a lot of the fermented launches uh, developing, yeah, whether that's in small players or large players.
0: And you know, you mentioned the, the, the gut health benefit. You mentioned previously the um, the original um, protective um, driver beyond behind fermentation. You know, back in the day, um, what are the, some of the other advantages? I mean, are there any bioavailability advantages? Are there any advantages in production?
1: yeah i think the the general consensus would be that the fermentates or whether they're a prebiotic or probiotic form have a general overall influence on the gut microbiome in particular and it, and that has a variety of different outputs then for example in the gut you'd be looking at things like nutrient metabolism you'd be looking at mobility of of your bio nutrients or availability of nutrients through the gut and 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 reinforcing the permeability of the barriers uh, within the gut, and looking at things like pathogen inhibition. Again, you'd be looking at other areas like synthesis of vitamins and hormones, and the overall effect on on hormone regulation. Again, would be very important. And then, in areas outside the gut, you're looking at things like immune maturation, maintenance, um, communication, then with your nervous around the, with the nervous system, uh, uh, circulation of lipids, etc. Um, so all. Overall, it has a, a quite a broad set of effects. Um, again, uh, this is an area really in terms of a science that, that is really developing. So I suppose there isn't a yet, yet um, a kind of an ideal uh, picture of what the ideal gut microbiota looks like or what sort of um, stimulus uh, we should be targeting. But there is an agreement that microbes and these types of activities are very important for overall health and in particular in things like um, performance nutrition.
0: Sure, and we've um, we've definitely seen an uptick of interest in um, the effect of the gut and in including the gut-brain axis um, on performance. So that that definitely hits on trends. when you look at acknowledging that there's a range of different types of fermented products, including foods and beverages. I think of you know kombucha, and there's a certain flavor a certain taste that comes with that, in my opinion, anyway. Um, yeah. Does that happen? You mentioned the uh, whey protein. Does 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 the fermentation process affect the flavor of something like a whey, or is that different?
1: Um, I think the natural kind of perception around fermenta- fermentation is kind of that acidic profile. The the um, as you touched on the kind of um, the vinegar or, fer- or fermented um, alcohol type type profile. Um, I suppose what we see, for example, with the whey protein isolate, is that we don't see a dramatic shift in the overall flavor um, profile of the protein itself. So it it very much keeps intact the the characteristic flavors of the whey protein. But I suppose from from our perspective, we've worked extensively with our colleagues within our synergy flavors business to to, to marry up, uh, I suppose, um, what would be considered good flavor um, matching uh, possibilities there with the the characteristic kind of fermented notes that you you, you, you kind of touched on there. these would be um i suppose targeted in an effort to really accentuate the fermented notes in certain areas but and also we can look at masking them as well for other customers and i think that's what you're seeing across the the board i think in certain product launches you're seeing um people trying to i suppose accentuate the overall fermented um perception of the product. and for some people that's very attractive whereas others then it's probably a little less attractive and they're looking for a more neutral or more traditional kind of taste profile.
0: And in practical terms, does, um, having a per- fermented, say, amino acid ingredient or, or product, rather, and, or a or whey protein product that's fermented, such as um, you, know, you have that ingredient, does it, is there a significant price increase? Is the production um, of those ingredients, is it more challenging? No, I think um,
1: for us um, and I know for others in the space that we're looking to really build on the the classical elements of the fermentation and to keep that uh, aspect of the um, uh, process as as clean and as simple as possible. So what we're doing is really um, harnessing the existing process around whey protein production and then utilising traditional methods around, for example, our kefir culture to really... Um, develop a, a, a proprietary, but also um, very um, straightforward and natural fermentation process. So you're not adding, um, you're adding significant value to the end product, but we're also not um, significantly modifying or, or adding extra cost to your base um, um, substrate material. So for us, we see that as um, an additional benefit of the, the production approach that we've taken to the product.
0: And historically, when we when we just look at amino acids, I mean, they've been, they've come from um, from sources that I would would wouldn't think would work with clean label. Does uh, this type of fermented ingredient um, help uh, help a brand's clean label um, pursuits when they're putting together a product if they were to use a fermented um, amino acid or protein versus the ways they yeah, were produced before? I do think so.
1: I think it it is. Um, it's in keeping with a more clean label approach. And I think, again, it, it would change from geography to geography and it would very much vary depending on the process employed and, and the microbes in question. But I do think that um, embracing fermentation as an alternative route for these um, amino acids and other products is very much in keeping with traditional production methods and i think it's it's in keeping with the expectation of the consumer as well in terms of having natural sources having um you know clean labels um on their on their final product and understanding the the origins of where these things are coming from and i think there is that perception around fermentation um over the years and and again now that it is more back in vogue again that fermentation is a is a classical scientific approach to, to, to generation of some of these products.
0: And just to speak specifically, because you mentioned Bifipro, um, the whey protein, and, and as we talked about, there are amino acids out on the market that are also fermented. Are, are these tied to a certain type of delivery format? In other words, do they need to exist just in powder? Or can they play well in the range of um, product types that want amino acid and protein content?
1: Yeah, I think think across the board within the whole nutritional space at the moment, we're seeing an awful lot of uh, diversification of delivery systems. I think what would traditionally have been very focused on your your powdered um, formulations or your powdered beverage type delivery formats. um, The expectation, I think, from the consumer now is that we are becoming much more um, adventurous or more diversified in our thinking in terms of how we're delivering these products. So you see a lot of these... Uh, new launches um, across the the, the 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 space, looking at whether looking at things like RTD ready to drink beverages, looking at you know bites, crisps, um, snack based products. Again, I suppose appealing to the different geographies and the different uh, demographics that they're targeting. Uh, but I do think that. The good um, element of that we see around fermentation and ferment, fermentates, whether that's a prebiotic or a probiotic, um, you are seeing a, quite a, a good level of robustness there, and you know, being able to deliver high quality end products for the for the consumer.
0: And you, you mentioned um, a couple of times that it's back in vogue, and you know, we see definitely the demand from the consumer side as they keyed in on. Say gut health um, with the big probiotic explosion, and and then kombucha and and, and kefir and and some of these other products. Um, so we definitely can see you know the consumer part of that driver. But was there a lot of uh, technological advancement that needed to occur in order to accommodate this uh, this new consumer trend? I I, I think um,
1: it's it's very much been a case of harnessing a lot of good science that was traditionally there already, but also marrying that with um, some new approaches and new ways of of developing our technology, whether that's through screening of different microorganisms, looking at different um, powder delivery platforms, looking at um, different fermentation setups and ability to, I suppose, use newer, more um, diverse equipment types. Again, I think that's helped with the whole um, re-engagements with the whole fermentation space because it mm-hmm. it has allowed us to take what was already very solid foundations and to bring it up to the next level and I think that's something that's continuing to happen and that we're going to see across the board particularly as you move into areas now like more um, tailored nutritional options for people um, specific uh, requirements from different um, um, demographics and specific requirements across different nutritional areas
0: or the personalized nutrition movement. What, um, As someone who's worked in fermentation, where where do you expect to see this? How do you expect to see this area develop over the next, say, five, ten years? Or what would you like to see it do? I, I think
1: um, that there will be an awful lot more emphasis on fermentation as a means to um, either modify or... or our, our work in harmony uh, with the gut microbiome and the overall microbiome i think that as the understanding of the microbiome um, itself becomes more um pronounced and, and becomes more uh, clearer to the scientific community and to the the players within the industry i think that will lead to um, accompanying um, uh, developments within the technology and within the types of fermentates and fermented products that you're going to see. So I think you're going to see a lot more emphasis on fermented ingredients. You're going to see a lot more emphasis on on fermented foods and using uh, fermentations as a means to develop uh, flavor and uh, nutritional aspects for, for different cuisines. And I do think that the gut microbiome and the microbiome understanding is going to be critically important to that. Um, one of the key things that we 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 see in the future is, as I touched on a little bit is is the move towards personalized nutrition or tailored solutions uh, for for the consumer. and I think understanding the gut microbiome and you know things like um, utilization of microbiome testing um, new technology that's readily available in terms of characterisation of of people's gut health will will drive a move towards um, the uh, people embracing fermentation even more and things like your probiotic or prebiotic-based products.
0: Sure, and I, I'm sure you would agree that whether we're talking about the general industry and in personalized nutrition or per gut and performance nutrition, um, leaning more into the sports nutrition side as more of these ingredients and then finished products come to Absolutely. market with ferment, fermented that we'll we'll probably really want to see some more research on 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 the specific benefits that that'll um, that'll help whether the regular consumer or active consumer.
1: Absolutely, I think um, particularly in areas like performance nutrition and clinical nutrition as well, you'll see um, much more specific targeted research programs looking at the specific benefits of um, these types of fermentates or fermented products particularly looking at the gut microbiome and, and the gut-brain axis and understanding the overall um, influence on what I suppose what you could term as a gut harmony or overall um, harmony across the microbiome.
0: Yes, very good. Well, thanks for uh, giving us a look inside of the world of fermented ingredients and, and how it might impact uh, gut health and specifically performance nutrition. We look forward to hearing much more about this topic um, from you at supply side west in the sports nutrition summit again it's october 16th 9 a.m to 5 p.m um check out supplysideshow.com for more information on that and thank you everyone for tuning in to the healthy insider podcast and thank you dr turner for joining us thanks very much steve for more award-winning podcasts from industry experts, go to Insider.com and click in the podcast section. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts by searching Healthy Insider Podcast. Hit subscribe to never miss an episode. To join the conversation about the supplement industry, leave a comment on the podcast's Twitter, Facebook, or SoundCloud accounts. This episode has been brought to you by SupplySide West, October 15th through the 19th in Las Vegas.